uh, when I was praying about what to share tonight, I, I'm not going to share a sermon. I just want to share a few thoughts to lead us into prayer. But as, as I was praying about it, I couldn't get a couple of themes off my mind. And uh, one was the kingdom. It's all about the kingdom. And the other was uh, that this is a time when God is calling us to go deeper with him because he's got, he's got things for us to do. Um, light shines brightest in the darkness. And we haven't got through the end of the darkness yet. As Mike was here, he had a word this morning about that um, and calling us to go deeper. So I was really encouraged, and Paul was sharing this morning that his message was focus on the kingdom. So I breathed a sigh of relief <laughs> and thought, I'm sort of on track anyway, so I'll give you my um, loaves and fishes and see what God does with them. <laughs> it's always an adventure. So um, when we... Jerry and I came back to England about 11 years ago, and um, we really didn't know what we were doing, but we'd been, through circumstances, we'd been praying and seeking the Lord and felt like he was saying we were to come back here. And so we came back for six months just to kind of test the waters and, and see if we could find a home and various things. And um, during that time, we went to a couple of church services. We went to a church service in London. I think it was Westminster Chapel. And then we went to, the next week, we were in Tenerife, and we went to a service there. And it was amazing how the message was the same in both churches, so far apart. And basically, what the sermon was about is... It's not all about you, it's about the kingdom. And it was a good reminder to us that, you know, we were tired, we thought we could just rest on our laurels <laughs> and just help out here and there. And God was saying, it's about the kingdom. There's a kingdom to be built. And uh, I want you to press in. Um, so the Bible is full of stories about men and women who encountered God, and in encountering God, their response changed the circumstances around them. And uh, that's why we come to encounter God. Encountering God is what it's all about. It's about a relationship. So... Um, I want to share a few thoughts about a man who had an encounter with God and what happened with that. And the account is about Gideon, and it's found in Judges 6 to 8. I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis of the story and hope that that leads you to want to go home and read the whole thing, because it's a lovely story. It's a great, it's a great tale of faith. Um, but the story is this, that um, the Jews have been constantly attacked and robbed and have experienced great loss. 
and they were living in fear. Do any of us relate to that? Have any of us experienced great loss? Have any of us experienced fear and anxiety? I think we relate to that. And they were so discouraged that they began to cry out to the Lord for help. And um, so God spoke to Gideon uh, and said, you're going you're gonna to lead these, these people into battle against their attackers. And you know, Gideon was incredulous. What, me? But finally, uh, he was convinced to trust God and the Spirit of God came on him. And he called uh, the men of Israel to come fight with him. And they came. They came in the tens of thousands. <laughs> and God said, whoa, that's way too many. Because if I give you the victory with all those men, you'll just say, you'll start thinking, it was you that did it and not me. So he said, he got him in, in, in select things to send people home, send home the fearful, to send home the ones that weren't alert and paying attention. He was left with 300. And, uh, and then, you know, what 300 do against a vast army? Well, interestingly, their weapons were to be a trumpet and, and a jar of clay with a, with a torch in it. So, you know, wow, I'm going to fight with this. However, God wanted them to know it was his doing. And the way we fight in God's kingdom is not the way the world fights. We fight by letting our little light shine in this crack pot that, we, that it's in. <laughs> Paul says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And, um, and we, we fight with the, the words of our mouth as we come into agreement with God and announcing his kingdom. That's how we fight. And so this was the story, and of course, you, you can tell the result was God was doing it, so they won, hands down. But I just want to look at the call of Gideon. So I'm just going to read you a couple of verses where God calls, calls Gideon. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash and the Abiezrite, help me Jesus, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hands of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest 
in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. So um, Gideon's first reaction was to ask God, how can, we pos- how can I possibly trust you? Because you've let us down. You've let us go through this. You've not helped us. Interestingly, God doesn't answer that. Maybe Gideon's not ready for the answer. <laughs> but, or maybe the answer, is, the answer has a lot more to it. But he's not interested in explaining himself at that time. He says, okay, I'm calling you to partner with me. I'm calling you to do something about this. I'm calling you to take my hand and do something about this. So, um, you know, so often when we're praying, it's like we're praying for this over here, we're praying for that over there, and we're kind of expecting like a pancake of God to come down on that and a pancake of God to come down on that. And, you know, that's, that's the way we think often. You know, I fall into that. Um, but God says, I live in you. And if you want to see things happen, then let me out. <laughs> let me come and use you to make a difference in your world. A long time ago, I read a book by Reese Howells, a wonderful Welshman, Maldwin, <laughs> intercessor. And um, it, this burned in my heart forever after that. He said, the Lord said to him, don't pray a prayer unless you're willing to be part of the answer. That's a tough one. That shaved a lot of my prayer life at the time. And when I remember it, it refocuses me. Um, when the Lord came to Gideon, he said, he said to Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. In contrast to what Gideon said about himself, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my father's house. You know, I, I love Gideon because I relate to him. When God called me into ministry, it was like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not outgoing. I'm not charismatic. <laughs> I'm not, um, you know, I'm not a man. <laughs> and, you know, I had all kinds of reasons why this was not a good idea. You need to rethink this, God. But, you know, God delights to use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And um, he had to teach me to see myself as God saw me and not to dwell on what I thought about myself. In fact, he said to me not too, too long ago when I was listening to those thoughts that Paul was talking about, 
this morning when I was listening to those thoughts that say, well, you've got nothing to say and you've got nothing, you this and you that. I just felt the Lord say, how long are you going to put up that stuff? <laughs> you really don't have to, you know. And I began to, I began to again declare what the Lord says in the face of those lies. So, does your opinion of yourself match God's description of you? Think about it. Just close your eyes and think about what you think of yourself. Does it match God's description of you? Which is that you are so valuable, he sent his son to die for you. That he loves you with an unfailing love. That he's for you and not against you. That he lives in you. And that his power is made manifest in weakness. That you have nothing to fear because he's for you. Are those the things you think about yourself? Do you think about what a treasure you are to God? Because you're here on this earth and you can carry God to other people. So we can't live this life unless we're plugged into a real, honest relationship with God. You know, we don't pray and read our Bibles to find out what rules we need to keep today. We pray and read our Bibles to get to know God and to bring him into our everyday lives. And that relationship is so vital because when God speaks a word into our hearts, it brings the power to accomplish what's been spoken. So when we encounter God, it changes us and faith arises in our hearts. God's, in Isaiah 55, it says, my word that goes forth from my mouth shall not return to me empty, but it will accomplish that which I purpose and will succeed in the thing that I sent it. Gideon needed a lot of confirmation, but God was willing to build his faith, and he became what God spoke over him. Gideon stepped out in obedience and saw God's power manifest. You see, obedience is that tangible statement of trust, of trusting God. And that's what Lynette did. Lynette could have been sitting there and God could have said, stand up. And she could have said no. And she'd still be sitting there with her foot up. But because she was worshipping God and talking to God and felt God say, stand up. And she stood up. She dared to stand up. She dared to do what he asked her to do. A miracle because she came into agreement with God and what he was speaking to her heart. We're praying for revival, but are we asking God what he wants us to do? Are we learning to listen to his voice uh, as we pray, as we read our Bibles? Are we 
looking for a word from the Lord. As we go about our day, are we paying attention to him? Are we alert to the Holy Spirit? You know, we may be praying for God to sort out our mess, which he's wonderful at doing, but he needs our cooperation. He needs us to hear and obey. We may be praying because we're going through a storm and we want the storm to be quieted. And what we need is a word from God. Um, Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God and everything is defensive except the sword of the Spirit. And the Bible says that the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. And that the word used for word in that verse is the rhema word of God. It's the now word of God. It's the word of God that's just not words on page, but it goes right in your heart. And that's our offensive we weapon. Once we have a word from God, we've got something to hold on to. We've got something to hold on to. We've got an anchor. We've got a way forward. We've got faith arising in our heart. A few years ago, we had something devastating happen in our family. And my only response was, I have to have a word from God. I can't live with this. I have to have a word from God. And God met me in a wonderful way and gave me a word which brought um, peace to my storm. Nothing much seems to have changed, but I know God is on the case. <laughs> and that's the important thing. So we're going to ask God to speak to us tonight. And um, some of you here are probably thinking, well, God never speaks to me. Um, that's where you're wrong. Because... If you're feeling like that, you've partnered with a lie. Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So if you're one of those people that thinks God never speaks to me, I want you to just stop right now and just pray along with me. Father, forgive me for partnering with a lie, for believing a lie. I thank you that you, you are speaking to me. And you're going to help me to hear your voice. So, um, the other thing you can do if, if, if you still feel like you're not hearing anything, try asking God some questions. Like, what is preventing me from hearing you? You know, we need to ask God questions that will help us to get through any barriers and blocks that we have. So, Gideon the coward became Gideon the courageous when he encountered God. Just like the 12 apostles when the Holy Spirit fell upon them. So God wants to make us bold witnesses in the face of the creeping darkness around us. And that will not happen unless we're ready to let go of the tight control we keep over our lives. I don't know about you, but I've found the whole COVID situation 
and the lack of control that we've had over our lives, very challenging. But I believe God is doing something in us. And, you know, we've given our lives to him. So we're not entitled to anything except we know we're his sons and daughters and he has everything provided for us. We don't have to worry about that side of things. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. So um, Gideon the coward became Gideon the courageous. Sheila the coward has at times been Sheila the courageous when she encountered God. And so we want to yield our lives to him. The king of kings wants to be king of his church, and that's you and me. It starts with you and me. Is he king of your life? Are you allowing him to be king of your life? So he is going to be king of his church. Our only choice is, will we bow the knee? You know, we think that certain things will give us peace and joy and satisfaction and comfort. And actually, they don't. They don't. But what does really give us joy is doing things with Jesus and watching him move. And he said, you know, ask and I'll answer so that your joy will be full. You know, when you see somebody, when you lead somebody to the Lord or when you see somebody touched or healed or encouraged, does it not fill your heart with joy? That's the joy of the kingdom. There's a peace to be had. You don't have to live in turmoil. There's a peace to be had. If when that turmoil comes, we'll just go to God. We'll go to God and not be satisfied with anything less than a word from him. So these are serious times, but they're also exciting times. They're exciting times because God wants to show off his church. So we're going to ask God to speak to every one of us tonight, whether it's that you need direction for your life, that you need to know what God has called you to do uh, in a more clear way, or that you need, to, you need him to speak into a situation in your life that is out of, out of whack, that needs sorting out whether, or speak into a storm in your life. We're going to ask him to speak a word to you. But, um, and we're going to, Rachel's going to lead us in some worship as we do that. Um, but I just want to warn you about one thing. You're not going to hear him in your head. <laughs> we can all, if we've been in church any length of time, we can all come up with them. Um, a good thought that we think God might be saying from his word. But, you know, God surprises us when he speaks to our heart. So listen for God in your heart, not with your rational mind. You can check it out with your rational mind afterwards and say, is this, is this in keeping with the character of God? Do I feel loved, encouraged? Is it scriptural? That's what your rational mind is for. But you won't hear God with your rational mind. You'll hear him in your heart. So we're just going to open up to God. 
open our hearts to him and wait on the Lord as we worship God. And I'm believing God to speak to every one of you, whatever it is that you need him to speak to you about. And maybe you don't know, so just listen, because he knows. <laughs> he knows what you need to hear. So, um, yeah. So as we worship, let's just give him our anxious thoughts and quieten our hearts to hear his voice.